And what if I turn and, and look over my shoulder like this? Yeah, that's nice. Yeah, yeah. I like that. Now try like a little bit more turned. Oh, oh, like like this? Yeah, almost a little further. How about here? Good, good. Just a smidge more. So here is good. Yeah, perfect, perfect, great. Yeah, this really works. James, I'm not looking at the camera at all. No one's going to be able to see my face. Trust me, in this outfit, no one's going to be looking at your face. <laughs> No, no. <laughs> that'll do. I love how, like, I've been away for such a long time, and the first thing we decide to do when I get back is do a boudoir photo shoot. <laughs> it's, I mean, we need one. Um, look, welcome to the Get Commanded podcast. It's the GCP brought to you by POG, Palms Off Gaming, sponsor of this podcast. We're all uniting forces to help you to have better games of Commander. I'm your host, Walt. And hello, Commander players. I'm your other host, James. Now, before we get to the transmission, uh, Walt and I have just decided right now that instead of Patreon, we're making an OnlyFans account. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, the, oh, God. <laughs> it worries me that I'm like, would people pay for that? <laughs> Got to know your audience, right? Uh, yeah. No, but we actually do have announcements this time. We We've do. got a little bit of uh, podcast housekeeping to do. Mm -hmm. um, you would have remembered before um, I went on like my leave, even though episodes didn't stop coming out. You guys didn't notice much of a leave. We did. I'm so glad. This is the first time we've been back in the studio for like, four weeks, five weeks, five maybe? weeks. Yeah, maybe. yeah, five it's been weeks. A while. It's kind of intense. But uh, before I left, we streamed, and yeah. on that stream, we promised that when I got back, we would be streaming more we're going to be streaming really soon yeah so for all of you out there tuning in it will be this coming wednesday for you so wednesday the 13th of december uh 7 p.m australian eastern daylight time so you want to pop that into your little time vote zone conversion if you're tuning in from overseas we're gonna be playing some commander so it'll be just like last time we'll be have some decks ready that, that we want to play we'll some members of our play group that yeah. you might have heard about on the pod yeah we'll bring stuff. them on to play with us but it'll be a good time so we'd appreciate if you could tune in so it's twitch.tv slash I think we just get, get commanded, commanded yeah. aren't we on Twitch? Yeah, yeah. that sounds right. Twitch.tv slash get commanded. If you just go on Twitch and type in get commanded, we'll pop up for sure. But yeah, 7 p.m. Australian Eastern Daylight Time, Wednesday the 13th of December. So this coming Wednesday for all of you tuning in on the Friday that this comes out. Um, hang out. It'll be great. I'm really looking forward to it. I really enjoyed the first one that we did. Mm. I thought that would like to actually play commander instead of me and you like doing drafting and trying yeah. to pretend like we know we limited knew, like we knew it all we were doing and meanwhile chat was like pick this card and we were like okay <laughs> um but also if you guys uh are interested we are going to be releasing a stream schedule um yeah. as soon as we can we've not got anything locked in as per se yet um uh, but there's going to be some exciting stream events that we'll have and we'll let you know mm. plenty in advance to tune in we'll have the video on demand on youtube when i get around to actually putting it on youtube um but also if you wanted to like you know request yourself as a guest if you're a fellow content creator mm. that listens to our podcast and you want to reach out 
Um, our email is getcommanded at gmail.com. Yep. So just go into the um, all the show descriptions and get in contact with us. And if you wanted to come on stream and play Commander with Walt and I, or just wanted to chat, um, feel free to get in touch with us on all the socials and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, we'd love to hear from you. Yeah. But we do have an incoming transmission from the deep depths of the galaxy from the Space Commanders. It's time to get commanded. Some cards are so impactful to a Commander game that they create a crux in time dividing the game into that which came before and that which comes after. These cards must be answered. Bro, I've got goosebumps. <laughs> that transmission felt different. Yeah, I like heard us go to space there. Yeah. It was we're, like I mean, sonar we're in the We're in like the command center yeah. now. So like... But I felt us wow. go there. That, like, I heard that it happen. That was cool. Interesting. I get back and shit changes up. <laughs> <laughs> this is cool. New developments. Um, so, it's, I think we're going to be talking about the uh, the last bit of data ITs in episode 61. This is a while ago remember. now. It is a while ago now. This was the, the 50 games experiment I did where I kept a game log of 50 games. I recorded a bunch of different things. If you haven't listened to the episode, highly recommend it. It was a, a great time looking at just the sorts of things that happen in Commander games when you track them over 50 different games um but i reckon we're talking about the last bit of data here which was what i affectionately have referred to as turning points Mm. so i reckon that's what they're talking about here so these are cards that are sort of changing the course of the game um and i can tell you exactly how i recorded this which is that at the end of every game in the 50 game log and actually since then i've continued to record this uh, I polled the people in my pod, and you were often one of these people, James. Usually providing a lot of the answers, yeah. actually, because a lot of people are like, oh, yeah, let's quickly get into the next game. I'm like, no, answer his damn question. <laughs> this the is data. important. We need the data. <laughs> um, so I polled the people in the pod that I was in, including James, um, about cards that made a significant impact on the game. And notably, this is, was not like the um, the cards that ended the game, because that was a separate thing that I was tracking. It's like a win-con card. That was a yeah. win-con card. We spoke about that in episode 61. But this was more like, and this is the way that I tended to ask it, was like, if we imagine that the game of Commander we just played was divided into acts, like a play or like a screenplay. God, you're a theater nerd. <laughs> you know, like act one, act two, act if, three. If I was the one doing this data break, down, I would have said something like, if we imagined it as like a product in its product life cycle, <laughs> as I did a marketing yeah. degree, and you're like, imagine a play. Yeah. <laughs> I can't help it, man. No. <laughs> so it I makes sense. Can't help it. I do understand. And like, even if you think about like, you know, content like game nights I'm thinking of. Yeah. They structure their content in a very similar exactly. way. It's literally yeah. like, you know, in game nights when so- when the, someone's like the, the mid mid roll break. cliffhanger ending. When, no, but like, uh, yeah. And then they go to the ad break, right? Where yeah. someone's like, okay, I'm going to pay eight mana and cast. And it fades to like the yeah. ads. And then they come back later. Those are the kind of cards we're talking about. They're the cards that separate literally like, okay, we're in act one of the game. It's if act one is called developing. Yeah. We're all developing our boards. People ramping out. People ramping out out people getting their cards ready on the board and then someone suddenly resolves spell x and now we're in act two because act two is how are we going to deal with the fact that james just cast worst fears 
You know? You don't. Yeah. Well, I take control yeah. of you. And Someone's end like, your we got to deal with James. And James is like, I'm stealing your turn. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you have to. Um, does, does it say target on Worst Fears or is it choose on a resolution? Ah, I think gain control of target players next turn sounds right. Okay, so you would technically have to say it as you oh, cast that's it. That's true. So, but look, Commander breaks all those rules yeah, that we talked true. about before. You're like, okay, before I choose targets. Which of you is my biggest yeah. threat? <laughs> <laughs> Who hates me the most? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did not. Um, so yeah, I, I basically asked the pod, okay, which cards moved us between the acts of the game? Like which which cards were these turning points in sure. the game as they were unfolding? Um, and then I wrote down the sort of two to three cards that people mentioned here. Mm-hmm. Usually it was one or two that people noted. Um, I actually, for this episode, have decided to include all the data that I've recorded since the 50 games episode. So I actually have 67 games worth of data to look at here. Are you telling me you played Commander without me? I know. It's honestly, not no no word of a lie, it was weird. <laughs> <laughs> Playing so you much have, Commander without me? You have been my pod since I started playing Commander. Like, it's... Yeah. It, it, Playing without you, like, one-off one is okay. Playing, like, four or five weeks where it was, like, never James at the game store, never a game with James was, like, this is different. This is a different thing. Well, I didn't play any Commander while I was o- away. Um, and the the game night that just happened on Tuesday night at yeah. our local game store, people, like, like, when I rocked up, I was, like, you know, people were, like, oh, you came for a game, like, jump in, jump yeah, in. I'm, yeah, like, yeah. well, it's not here yet. Don't fucking ask me. I have been waiting five weeks to get another game in with this man. I'm so Do glad. not talk to me. It was a good game too. We the had two, a couple good couple games. Couple of really night. great yeah. games. Like we didn't finish the second one. I'm just sad. But anyway, yeah. that happens. I don't know who would have won that either. I don't know. It, it was, it was like like one looking like games. a long game. Was I was playing Liaser as well, which kind of inflicted that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> your fault. Anyway, um, go on. You've got more data. Games <laughs> is how many I've pulled the data from. Um, I've only logged an example or two in 56 of the games that I played. Sure. Usually this was because the game was so short. So like I played some CDH or just like, you know, when you play like a a game and someone just like shoots off into the lead, no one answers and the game just ends. Like it does happen. Like 40 minute games happen, right? Yeah. Instead of act one, act two, it's like, this is a short story where the the bad guy wins. Yeah. 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 It's Uh, like the what if version of Commander. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) If if we're going back to the play metaphor at the beginning of the play when it's like, you know, it's usually like a tragedy in three acts. Sometimes it's like a five scene play in one act you know that that's like the this kind yeah. of a game you know arch enemy does not get killed well that's an that's interesting story game ends <laughs> yeah. yeah straight up so yeah there were no turning point cards because we didn't turn a point yeah <laughs> we i mean i feel like game. you said cdh i feel like cdh is a lot like this a lot of the time if someone turbos yeah. out like a godo win on turn two or three is this yeah. um if someone just like resolves thus's uh, oracle and demonic consultation on turn three or four with nothing really developing a yeah. structure to a game then yeah. it's just over like the game's That's over you, you can't really divide the, the yep. game into into parts like this um however and we're getting into the the juicy part of it now um the numbers the numbers <laughs> there were not 56 um cards logged even though i only logged 56 games there were 80 cards logged because like multiple in a game yes yeah there gotcha. were often more than one card recorded so a good chunk of well, the like, time like you said it's not a win con card that's turning point it could be like a like a lot of the ones that i said to you from memory were mm. like board wipes hyper relevant yeah. board wipes that come out yeah like you know these they're not you know overwhelming stampede is not the cards we're talking about here. no no yeah. um so i reckon we should just get into the data 
Let's we'll do, do it. it. I'm so keen. there were 80 cards logged. Um, of those, in order from most commonly to least commonly appearing, and these mm-hmm. are the categories I've divided into. You could divide it how you want to. This is how it made m- most sense to me. 35 were bombs. Sure. So like just, just a card that's just super sick and like, you know, six or seven mana spell, whatever. Yep. 15 were board wipes, as you say. Yep. Divided I, I mean, that was, I remember saying like, oh, that Blasphemous Act was really a turning point because that yep. reset the game. Yep. That's something I remember for sure. Yep. Uh, 12 were protection pieces. I'll go into exactly what those were. I'm not talking about like a counter spell. I'm talking like a way someone protected their board or protected their life total oh, or something here. Right. So we'll, okay. we'll go into that a bit later, but sure. there were 12 of those. There were 11. I wanted a separate category for this. Bomb commanders. So specifically, someone's commander was a bomb and it had to be answered. I mean, look, like, yeah, Gishath's son's avatar. If that hits the board, that's going to turn the tide. That's just the game now is like dealing with Gishath. Yep. Um, I had four instances of what I called failed board wipes. Um, So in other words, times where board wipes didn't matter. Um, cause they, they were noted. Like people said like, ah, oh, it was interesting the way that that board wipe didn't work. That uh, was like a turning like point. Like someone protected their board or, or like someone wasn't affected. Yeah. Like it was uh, like, oh, that board wipe accelerated that player into the lead or like that board wipe didn't stop the problem player. Right. You, like, you put back other players and didn't solve the problem. Yeah. yeah sure. Yeah. Gotcha. So that happened four yep. times. Um, and then three times removal was specifically mentioned. I'm not saying there were only three times removal was important in those games. But there were three times where removal Significant was turning point. the turning point. Sure. The fact that this removal was cast at that time meant that the game unfolded in this way. Gotcha, gotcha. All right. Well, is that how we're going to like run through and look at these cards individually? Not in the exact order I just listed them. Because I think... Because the, the Space Commander said there's these cards that take over the game, which is what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. They have to be answered. So I think the way that I'd like to structure it is we're going to talk about the cards that you have to answer <laughs> and then the ways that you answer them. Right. Gotcha. So, then, so like a bomb can be answered by removal or... A, a board wipe. Or protection yes yes yeah. you can protect yourself from the bomb yeah have the bomb kill other players yeah see where you're going with this cool. i like this so i i think we should just jump straight into that that first category sure. though, which was bombs so there were 35 times where a card was noted that in my opinion is just a bomb it's the mythic rare at the back of the pack that everyone goes oh you yeah. pulled that <laughs> look i extended the category a bit sometimes it was that a good chunk of the time it was that but it's basically any card that just warped the game around it. Like sure. the game just became like, okay, the fact that James has card X means we have to do something about sure. it, you know? And this was, again, I was polling the pod. So this wasn't just like my subjective opinion of like, oh, that card was a problem. It was like, no, no, the pod was like- Everyone agreed unanimously. We needed to deal with that card and yeah. they, you know, we didn't or like we did and this is how we did it. Like that was how the game was defined. Okay. Um, I wanted to note the most commonly appearing cards. I think these were the only ones that happened more than once. That none of these are going to shock you. Bolas' Citadel? Uh, yeah, yeah, sure, yeah. The One Ring? Yes. We had a conversation about the One Ring yeah. like a couple of nights ago. Yeah, I, it's so... It, it is just a card that hits the board and it's like, well... Kill that, that player. Yeah, that player needs to die. Yeah. It's the only way. I mean, they're, they're using their life as a resource, so killing them is like a good way to go That's about true. it. Um, Portal to Phyrexia? Oh, this, this is, is the Brothers yeah, War. Yeah, nine mana artifact. artifact. Each opponent sacrifices three creatures. And at the beginning of your upkeep, you return a creature card from a graveyard to the battlefield That's under your control. just insanity. It's wild. It's not even like exile it, make a 1-1 one, one token nope, copy of it. It's get it. like, <laughs> get the full body of that creature. And if like someone removes it, 
okay, cool, they remove the creature. In your next upkeep, get yeah. it back again. It's very, like, it reminds me in terms of the gameplay of the old Shieldred, which was similar, where it's like each opponent sacrifices uh, something in their upkeep, you reanimate something in your... But you only, with Shieldred, reanimate your, your stuff. Yes. And also, Portal Type Orexia, colorless. Goes in any deck. Goes in any deck. You can cheat it out way easier in an artifact yeah. deck that's producing a bunch of mana. You can, you can cheat it out with like effects. You know, there's the that blue creature that like you can bounce an artifact and put an artifact. Oh, master the, transmuter. Master transmuter. Yeah. Like oh, there's so shit. many yeah, more wow. ways to just like cheat it in. And it doesn't have that clause of like if you cast it. No. Nope. This effect doesn't happens. care yeah. how you got it. Yeah. I've wow. seen people also make copies of it, like um, Oz Gear decks. Is it not legendary? It's not legendary. Fuck off. I know. It's so silly. What the hell? It's a It's, a it's the Portal rare. 2 Phyrexia. <laughs> Surely that should be legendary. There, I guess there are probably more than one Portal 2 well, Phyrexia. They did, they right? did go across the multiverse. Yeah. Right? Okay. Okay. Fair enough. I, I see that argument. Um, and the last one here, another one from this same time in Magic Story, Breach the Multiverse. Oh, uh, yeah, that card has, like, once... It's, I would consider that card almost a win-con card in the right deck. Like, I if you it just, just resolve is. it... Yeah, it's... it's... I mean, what is it? So, se- seven mana, you... Each player mills ten. Ten. You return a creature card from each graveyard onto the battlefield under your control. So, it is just so good. Yeah, I mean, yeah. If your deck is built around it, you can win the game instantly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, keep in mind, seven mana, we have Sepulchral Primordial... Is a cr- admittedly a creature, so it has the busted effect of being able to Cheating out, reanimate, flicker, it. that kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. But that says when it enters the battlefield, you get a creature card from each opponent's graveyard onto the battlefield under your control. That's a commonly played card in Commander. Like, it's a strong card. I love that card. That doesn't mill before you get the card, and True. it doesn't get anything from your graveyard. And 10 cards is ten a cards lot. 10 cards is so... Like, you can have empty bins. I've seen this card resolved. Yeah. No one's got a card in their graveyard, but when you mill 10, who's missing a creature? Like, very rarely is someone missing a creature completely after milling and 10. how much of a baller do you need to cast this when everyone's got empty bins? That, that is an absolute Chad I mean, move yeah. right there. It's like, you know what? This card's so good, I'm going to prove it right yeah. here, right now. <laughs> Straight up. Um, so yeah, those those four cards appeared more than once. I don't think any, any of those are particularly shocking no. um, to people who've played a lot of Commander, especially recently. Those appear a lot. Um, so there were some other cards that were sort of like, sometimes it wasn't a permanent. Like a, a few of those cards were permanents. Sometimes it was just a spell that really altered the course of the game. Worst Fears is one I spoke about before. Yeah. You know, it's a big mana investment. I'm pretty sure one of those Worst Fears that was collected in the data was mine. It might have been the only one. Yeah. <laughs> Even. It's fun spell. Um, I'm just so glad it says Exile It because if it didn't yeah, say oh Exile God. It on Resolution, I'd, I'd break that card. Admittedly, you copy it when you cast it most of the time, which kind of gets around the whole Exile Clause, really, when you're still getting multiple copies of it. Teehee. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great card. Um, another, like an, another example would be Last March of the End. This is the I haven't card. played this card yet, and I think it's phenomenal. It's really good. I I saw it resolved. Someone was playing a like a a simic big mana big creature deck. I mean, the artwork on the card oh, just screams simic. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, they they drew te- like you draw cards that are the greatest power among creatures you control. Yeah, is it power. That? But then you just like drop any number of creatures. Is that how it, I can't, it reads? It also can't see, be I've counted. Not played it. Yeah, I remember the can't be counted yeah. thing. I'll, I'll look it up. I'll Thank look you. it up. Um, but yeah, sometimes they, I guess I'm I'm being clear here that like often the bombs were permanents that sat on the battlefield and had to be answered because they stayed like a Bolas of Citadel or a One Ring or a Portal to Phyrexia, but they didn't always have to be. Like a bomb can just be this sorcery that is crazy and just kind of like accelerates one player way into the lead. Yeah. You got it exactly right, by the yeah. way. It's literally um, greatest toughness is the only thing that you ah, got okay. wrong. 
makes yeah. sense for but, a, tr- a card about Treebeard. But to you just things. put it onto the battlefield. Yeah. That's ridiculous. It's crazy. I wanted it for my bear deck because you get all the bear ETBs. Oh, that's fun. That's what I wanted. To that's do. fun. Yeah, yeah, I like that. And also your creatures get bigger because you're putting counters exactly. on them. With Yeah, yeah I, like, I like that. Um, So I, I do want to be clear as well, though. <laughs> I keep extending the, the criteria for this category. Um, we also had, or I logged as bombs, just very, very good synergy pieces or value pieces that weren't answered. So like aura shards Oof. or like exploration. This is the one that lets you play additional lands each turn. Yep. Um, Disciple of the Vault in a treasure deck, you know, is draining yeah. someone every time you crack a I treasure. I mean, look, you look at the card Disciple of the Vault and you go, wow, it's a common, it's a one drop. That's not a bomb, but mm. it is in the right deck. If you're yeah. playing like Prosper Tomebound... Yes, yeah. it Every is a bomb. Every treasure you crack is draining an opponent. Yeah. It's that good. Yeah, there, there are... there are. I see what you're saying. There are cards that aren't bombs when you pull them from a pack. No. But if you put them in the right deck, yeah. then they are. Yeah, and yeah. like, it's the fact that they weren't answered or like the fact that they had to be answered is kind of what dictates the fact that it was a bomb. So likewise, you know, um, I logged Skull Clamp once in a game because it's like... I think it might even have been your plants deck, you know, the uh, oh, Firelash. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The fact that, like, <laughs> Skullclamp is a busted card. If you have a board one mana of draw one two. ones and it's like, pay one, draw two, pay one, draw two, pay one, draw two, that is insane. It is the closest thing we'll get to having four copies of Ancestral Recall in yeah. your commander deck. It's in the right deck, Skullclamp is that good. Yeah. Um, you know, Rhystic Study was one that I logged yeah. once. Like, if someone doesn't deal with a Rhystic Study and people aren't paying, you know, the player who draws 10 to 12 cards often just wins that game. Yep. Um, so yeah, that was kind of the category of bomb. There were 35. So of the 80 cards that I logged, almost half of them were just like, one of these cards just took over the game or it had to be answered or it dictated the flow of the game. You know what I mean? That's intense. Yeah. And then (laughs) to extend that bomb commanders. Oh yeah. So how many bomb, how many bomb commanders did you say you recorded? So I logged 11. Which right. admittedly, you know, not as much as bombs, but like 11 times someone's commander itself had to be answered. I feel like there's a really interesting shift or like divide in commander players. And maybe there's an episode on this because mm-hmm. we've talked about how we really enjoy playing commanders with low mana value. Yeah. And like we've specifically sought out decks that have a commander that is a low mana value so you can increase the synergy. Like, for mm. example, like your Barbara Saga deck, yeah. three CMC. My yeah. Tornos deck, two CMC. Yeah. Like, we like this hyper-efficient, low mana value, get your commander out early and start deploying your game plan. Mm. But there is another type of commander player, which admittedly, it's not like you're one or the other. No. That like, yeah, no, I'm going to run this eight drop commander, but if I resolve yeah. it and no one answers it, guaranteed win yeah oh like you know in the same way that that people gravitate towards creatures and play styles you know like you know the timmy tammy thing and yeah, the, yeah yeah the johnny jenny thing like all of that stuff that there are people who in the command zone are chasing that kind of a thing yeah and yeah like there are commanders that sit in the command zone that just take over the game if you resolve them yeah i'm just thinking like you know like gishath is a great example and everyone's yep. talking about Ixalan and building dinosaur decks at the moment yeah um but like other commands like six drop commanders like brutaclad telecore engineer yeah. It's one of those like big, you know, this yeah. is hyper relevant. Even if you just have it for one combat and you turn all your mirror into desolation twins. Yeah. Like that's super relevant and a bomb and a turning point in the game. Mm-hmm. Or even Asterion. The the one oh. that at the end step you either gain as much life as you gained or you drain someone for as much life as they lost. Yeah, so this is the card that like literally if you have any one of those effects that says target player loses half their life. You can kill someone. You just kill someone yeah. on the end step. Yeah. Yeah. It's 
there are like plenty of, and you can rattle off even more. Anything yeah. that's like above five CMC, in my opinion, could yeah. be considered a bomb commander. Just because if if their effect is worth six or more command, like, yeah. six or more mana, it's probably going to be a turning point when it's cast. It's so interesting you highlighted five there because I'm looking at my examples that I pulled out here, and every single one of them costs, well, except one, costs five or more mana. Oh yeah. Um, so some examples of bomb commanders: um, Belladros with a bloom. That's yeah. This is the green black one. You pay ten life on all your lands and make yep. a pest in every upkeep they die you gain life um scarab god was one that i highlighted here this i'm assuming my scarab god most likely probably. <laughs> <laughs> probably the only one i'm playing against um coma is one oh, we've talked about a lot yeah coma cosmo serpent i think from... that was one of the cards we said we'd ban if we had the power we did right? yeah in the ban list episode we totally did um moldrotha is interesting here oh this that's a, a six cmc yeah six cmc thing but it lets you play a permanent of each type from your graveyard each turn yep. it's just like if someone has like a a fetch land cool they they hit their land drop every turn if someone has like a reclamation sage cool every single turn if they want to they blow something up yep. um i've had played against players who have um hostage taker which Ooh. ETBs exiles an artifact or creature and then you can cast it later. But notably, it just exiles something. So that's ETBs. a card advantage engine yeah. and like and it's like removal on a stick what over am I gonna and over do? and over again. Remove, like you have to exile it because yeah. Moldroth is just going to cast it again. Um, Kenrith, Returned King, obviously, like the five mana commander that does everything. Yeah. Um, the only one that didn't cost five that I highlighted here was Yuriko. Oh, um, yeah, sure. Okay. Which, like, admittedly, it's just the kind of thing where, like, a Yuriko player gets to a certain point where they have, you know, the brainstorm in hand. They've got three ninjas. Like, one of them, one or two of them are unblockable. Yuriko's on the battlefield, and you just kind of, like, anything could happen. <laughs> we could die right yeah. now, you know? Spin that wheel! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing about a really good Yuriko deck, though, is they're not spinning the wheel. Like, yeah. They've got Brainstorm and Draco in hand. It's like, there's no wheels being spun here. I don't want to spoil some content that will be coming out oh. soon. Oh, is that yet not out it's yet? It's not yet it's out, not out yet. Um, okay. but it will be soon. Sure. But on go subscribe to Malta Nun's YouTube channel because I'll be featuring on a game that's Yuriko themed and that's all i'm gonna say it's 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 i'm excited to see this i think it'll be fun i wasn't excited to play it <laughs> i was like what a well, i yeah i'm pumped to see it i think yeah. it, i think it'll be really interesting. go subscribe to their channel yeah huge shout out um but yeah yuriko decks do take over the game but yeah look these are commanders that are just such a value engine just kind of in and of themselves that you have to answer them like you know belladros and coma making a token every upkeep just that on its own. It's four tokens a, a turn Rotation, cycle. Yeah. In the case of Belladros, they're the, they're, it's the life gain that you want from them, right? Like you can sack them and then you, you gain life, which you can use to untap all your lands. Um, but Coma, like Coma just wins, right? Like, it also when you have a certain, itself. Yeah. When you have a certain number of three threes, it's like, cool, the game is over. Like it, if we don't answer Coma in three turn cycles, you have 12 three threes. Like you just, every turn, you're going to be able to kill one of us with yeah. that number of creatures. Yeah. So, but like, I have a a theory that like the the commanders that are bombs people have this knee jerk reaction to mm. because they see them in the command zone before the game starts mm -hmm. and they're like oh my god that effect is just way too good if you resolve that I'm killing you yeah well it's so interesting that you say that because the player, I, I was interested in this, like basically this exact thinking. I was like, I wonder how often that player with a bomb commander actually won, right? Yeah. The player who who deployed a threat like this and then it was logged, right? Like so after the game, someone was like, you know, Kenneth was a problem or Coma was a problem, whatever. There was 11 of those. Only two of those times 
did that player win that Whoa. game? Oh, so like round like just over 10% of the time. Yeah. It's that player loses because their commander's a bum. No, no like 90% of the time. Sorry, yeah, no. They're so losing. they, yeah, they actually, so the when they, they resolve win. it. Yeah. They actually win with the bomb. And like, so this, <laughs> shout out to commander players. <laughs> yeah. You guys are aware of the threat. And threat going assessment like, on point. Okay, Coma just hit the board. Kill the Coma player. But I tell you what, that does support our theory of going to more synergy piece commander style yeah. gameplay. Because yeah, there you go. If your commander's a bomb, you're 90% chance, according to the small mm. data set that we have here, to lose that game if you resolve your commander. Yeah. That's actually like- Imagine, like, someone giving you a deck and being like, yeah, statistically speaking, don't cast the commander because it won't win you the game. I'd be like, why are you running this as the commander then? (laughs) That's like, it's the exact same theory that I had when I changed my Brutoclad Telecor Engineer deck into a Tornos deck. I was like, Brutoclad, if I resolve it, I just become enemy number one. Mm. So, Tornos is, like, not a threatening creature. Yeah. But needs to be answered mm. in some description but is so low cmc i can recast him later like yeah. it's interesting two out of 11 times it actually yeah. worked the way they wanted it to look i think I, I i will say like there are people who play differently to me and you and are after that experience of just ex- explosive start resolve my thing deal with me or i win there are people who love that right and, and, and so it doesn't even matter if they win or not they no, just love they the care. experience but yeah. i would say agree with you in that if you're a player who gets removed in a game really early and you're sick of that like if you you're like no i just want to go the distance i don't care that much if i win but i want to like grind it out if you're if that's kind of what you feel you'd rather be doing I do agree with you. Play a lower amount of value commander yeah. that doesn't draw so much heat. But yeah, certainly, like, equally, you can win. Like, you can yeah. play one of these commanders and you might just win the game. So Try building a Catilda and Lear deck, for example. <laughs> that command is terrible. <laughs> if you can win with Catilda and Lear, hat off to you. <laughs> <laughs> Send Walt your deck list. <laughs> he wants notes. <laughs> uh, I don't even know if I do. I love I love how bad that deck is. Um, so those are the, all the bombs. I... I I think we definitely need to talk about the fact that you have to deal with these cards, right? Because, yeah, that's like the end of... If it's a three-act structure, that's like the end of Act 1 when the threat is, like, identified. It's like, okay, someone is a threat. Now we're moving into Act 2 the rebellion chapter yeah. like who, how, how are we going to take it down right? and this is happening a lot of the time like between bomb commanders that was 11 and bombs which was 35 that's 46 right so 46 of the 80 cards that I logged as being like significant turning points in a game 46 of those were like yeah these game ending threats deployed by a player so yeah you know every action must have an opposite and equal reaction you need to be able to deal with the fact that most of the games you play <clears throat> excuse me, someone's going to be re- resolving something like this that yeah. has to be answered. If your deck doesn't have one in, probably builds a shit deck. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Um, so we didn't note very many of these, but removal, right, was, sure. was highlighted here. There were only three noted. So because of, like we said, because of bombs, removal is, is going to be so, so important. Just because there were only three times that removal was noted doesn't mean that removal only mattered for three of the games. If anything, you can think of the opposite, which is that Every time that we didn't note a bomb in a game, there may have been a bomb deployed that didn't matter because it was dealt with. Immediately. Yeah. Like in a turn cycle. Yeah. Like imagine if someone cast Last March of the Ends and then someone responded with Reprieve (laughs) and returned it to their hand. (laughs) 
Just get around that uncounterable clause. Or just like cast it, dropped a bunch of creatures, and then the following turn someone was like, Blasphemous Act? Yeah. Like, sure. Yeah. Done. That that bomb is irrelevant yeah. now. And probably by the time you get to the end of that game, no one's going to be talking about Last March of the Ants. It didn't yeah. matter. You know didn't what I mean? matter. It didn't do anything. Yeah. So I, I, I guess this is that classic thing of like, it's very hard to notice when something doesn't work, right? And so we didn't note when bombs didn't matter because we didn't, they didn't matter. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's kind of, it's a bit of a paradox, but. Well, it's not really. We didn't care because no one should care. No, yeah. <laughs> if we didn't care, we didn't care. Yeah, sure, exactly. But when was removal relevant? So um, it's interesting. Two of the times it was graveyard removal that was highlighted here. I fucking t- tell people all the time, put graveyard hate in yeah. your decks, people. Not like, don't put rest in peace in your deck. No. Put in something that interacts with someone's graveyard. Bajuka Bog was one of these cards. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, this is a land. That's a classic Black- one, like an old time yeah. commander staple. Black Black land, enters the battlefield tapped, exile target player's graveyard. It is so, so good. It just, like, it's just gone. <laughs> and it's cheap as chips. Yeah, and if, you have, if, you're, if you're running bounce lands in your deck, which I think you should, mo- almost all of the time you should be running at least a couple of the bounce lands in your deck that's maybe a bit of a soapbox thing for me that's a I bit understand. of a hard take actually i was kind of like <laughs> well i i think most of us are playing two color decks i guess is what i'm saying sure. in a two color deck i think you'd be silly not to include at sure, least sure. one of these but anyway you can deploy bajuka bug multiple times um cemetery illuminator was highlighted here funnily enough i think this was the spell table game i think this was the, the last game we streamed i think this was cooper's Flyer's deck. I'm pretty sure he was playing this card called Cemetery Illuminator. When it ETBs or attacks, you exile a card from, I think it's Defending Player's Graveyard. Yes, and I was playing a flashback deck, wasn't I? Yeah. And I was like filling, I remember this now. And and I was playing Barbola Saga. So my creatures were being exiled all the time as well. Oh, yeah. Wow. It was like a good piece. Yeah. Okay. All right. I see... What was what was you said? There was one other. Yes. Um. The last card noted here was Kenrith's transformation. Mm. I think uh, this is really interesting to me. I think it's extremely likely that responded to a commander. So specifically, that that section we just talked about, bomb, bomb commanders, commanders answering with Kenrith's. Or, it's so hard to deal with. Or equivalent enchantment aura, <laughs> like Darksteel Mutation or anything like that. There's a few of these now. Always locks that player out. Because, yeah. again, that player is relying on a win by resolving their commander. Mm. And now we know that they're 90% likely <laughs> to lose. Yeah. So if you just remove their chance of winning... Mm then they're 100% likely to lose because their deck yeah. isn't built to win in any other way. Straight up. I mean, Cannon Transformation is just like, yeah, unlike exiling it or destroying a commander where you can just recast it again if you desperately need to. Yeah, there are decks where Cannon Transformation is basically like your commander's gone forever. Well, and, like, and decks that have a bomb commander often have a ton of ramp to support yeah. the fact that they know that their commander is likely to be removed. We spoke about Coma. There you go. Coma decks are all ramp. Yes. Right? And like even decks like, I'm thinking, you know, Asterion, even in black white, yeah. you're running Cabal Coffers and Urborg yeah. just to make sure that you have mana to recast Asterion. Mm. Even decks like Brutacloud, you're running Thran Dynamo, you're running like, you know, Hedron Archive, just bigger pieces of ramp that tap for more than one mana just so you can get your commander back out because it's so vital to the game plan. Yeah. Yeah, I look. I think this removal is crucial, basically, and um, I think it's interesting that graveyard removal was was there so often. Um, I guess it's like 
when a player's lead is graveyard oriented and that graveyard gets exiled, I see that that's like in the same way that I spoke about how there's things that we don't notice. Sure. It's a very noticeable thing. Like if I'm playing around me, you know, yeah. my, my encore deck. Your whole deck is built around that graveyard. And I've got 30 cards in there and yeah. there's like 15 different creatures like an encore next turn and someone exiles it. It's like a big thing. The, the table goes like, whoa. Yeah. It's know? also the other thing about the graveyard is that it's a public zone. Yeah. I think people treat the graveyard differently than they treat hands because again this is the thing that you're talking about of like what you don't know you don't know yeah so you don't someone can draw a bunch of cards and you're like they could be a threat Mm. but someone just mills 20 cards and i can see all of the threats in the graveyard yeah i need to deal with that yeah so like it's a it's a confirmation is it no not confirmation bias but it's like a distortion of what they Mm. see is important yeah is the thing that they can see is really important Mm. and the thing that they can't see is less important because they don't know what it is. It's the enemy you know, right? Like yes. you, you can see the way that you lose to the graveyard deck in a way that you can't see the way that you lose to the, the player who's drawn 30 cards. Like the control player or something yeah. like that, yeah. <laughs> really okay. good players are aware of both and will point out, you know, players who've drawn a lot of cards. Basically, every time you draw a lot of cards, I tend to be like, guys, guys, I James just drew had like, like a Vietnam-style flashback of Walt being like, guys, did anyone notice James draw like 20 cards then? <laughs> I think we should kill him. I'm like, it's fine. Shut up <laughs> did did the flashback that you just um experienced have an echo because i reckon there might have been about 40 different times you were just remembering simultaneously it was like a um lord of the rings extended cut film <laughs> <laughs> Every All time the short space of time yeah so obviously the, the 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 question we should ask here is should we we be running more targeted removal in these games than we are I think probably yes, just based on the fact that still a very good chunk of the time, there are bombs, there are bomb commanders that are like significantly altering the course of the game. Obviously, it's impossible that we ever reach a world in which there's no bombs, right? Like they're always going to have them. I was just about to say like wizards are pointing, like uh, making cards in sets that are like, all right, this is, there are three bombs in this set and everyone's going to want them, like Mm. the one ring. And cards like, you know... I'm just trying to like breach the multiverse yeah. is a great example. That was like one of the cards they were like, this is pushed. Mm. So every card that every commander deck that's black would want this in their deck. Yeah. So let's just push it. So people buy product. Yeah. I'm not going to get on the soapbox here of like, you know, burnout and, you know, promoting mm. product and all that kind of stuff. But if that's what wizards are doing, then we as players who enjoy this game need to realize that, okay, well, those products are not going to stop being made. No. And those problems need to be answered. Otherwise, yeah. we're just going to live in a world where it's like race to the bomb. Yeah. And like we've spoken before this, about this before, maybe not on the podcast so much, but like I don't enjoy... There are like definitely metas and you can even see them online. Um, I won't talk about the specific gameplay series I'm, talk- I'm thinking of here because I don't want to like out them or anything. But there, there are gameplay videos you can watch out there of people who play like, you know, quote, high powered commander mm. where it's all of the most synergistic and best bombs in the format and all the best ramp, all the best tutors and none of the removal. And they might be to me my least favorite games of commander that i can watch because it's just who gets it out first it's just a race yeah it's just a race there's none of the ebb and flow of like oh is, is that going to be answered it's yeah. just like okay you know the um kinnon player has dropped the um what's the seven mana triples your mana 
creature. I'm oh, Nyx Bloom Ancient. Nyx Bloom Ancient. You know, the, 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 that player has Nyx Bloom Ancient and I know based on the way this game is going that none of these other players run removal. It's like, yeah. this game just ended. Like, yeah. it, it'll have three more turns in it, like but the game is over. Pods like that, I feel like you could even argue that the game ends when you roll the dice to see who goes first. Yeah. Like, if someone goes first in one of those types of games and they go Mana Crypt into, like, a four-drop artifact or yeah. something, you're like... Or maybe the second uh, that Mana Crypt gets resolved, it's like, okay, the game is over. Yeah. That player's won. Or, or if Mana Crypt gets resolved on the first player's turn and then no one has equivalent ramp. Yeah. It's like, all right, it's, they it's win. done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They yeah. Win. And, like, th- th- want to be really clear here. Not talking about CDH at all, because that is not what CDH is. CDH no. is those bombs. Like, you know, Kinnon players in CDH play Nyx Bloom Ancient. Mid-range Kinnon is... It gets responded to. Yes. You know, some, someone is going to cast um, the Phyrexian Revoker and name Kinnon. Yeah. Kinnon can't be activated anymore. Someone's going to, um, you know, cast some removal spell on Kinnon that means he can't, can't ever come back. You know, like... Or someone's going to play that um, one drop that creatures can't enter the battlefield from the library. That kind yeah, of stuff. Like, like, it just turns off. Yeah. Things will be answered, for sure. sure. Um. But yeah, I, I agree. We need to keep up with the number of bombs that get printed. And Wotsi are never... It's n- never going to be in their best interest to print as many great removal pieces as they print great bombs. But we already have so much good stuff. We're very lucky in Commander. Yes. Like, the, the great cards already exist. Path yeah. to Exile exists in our format. Swords to Plowshares. Like, even the, the auras we talked about. Kenneth's Transformation. Darksteel Mutation. There are so, so many great removal pieces out there. And they're not as exciting as putting a, no. you know, a Consecrated Sphinx in your deck. But... They might win you the game. Yeah. <laughs> and look, besides targeted removal, the other thing we're going to want to be thinking about is mass removal. Board wipes. Yeah, board wipes, which will be the second half of the episode. Before that, we do have to take a thrifty interlude. A little break that won't cost you an arm and a leg. <laughs> It changes every time. I'm just going to try and shift it up, do something else. Eventually, you land at the right one. Eventually, I think I'm just going to land on, have a break, have a Kit Kat. (laughs) (laughs) That marketing major really paying off. Um, So, we do need to uh, hear a little something about a thrifty card. And as is tradition, I will be performing a monologue. And this week, the card is brought to life in monologue form from the perspective of someone in the card's art. Uh, James, would you like to read the card I'm featuring this week? Disturbing. Now I realize what the card is and mm. who's in the art. Yeah. Terrified for this one. Um, it's Chasm Skulker, which is honestly one of my favorite cards you've ever introduced me to. It's genuinely. It's fun. Love this card. You can't feel bad about it. It's two and a blue for a 1 1 squid horror. And it says whenever you draw a card, put a plus one counter on Chasm Skulker. And it also says when Chasm Skulker dies, create X 1 1 blue squid creature tokens with Island Walk, where X is the number of plus one counters on Chasm Skulker. I am the dark and the cold, the lake beneath the glacier, the empty black eternity. I am known by many names, denizen of the deep, scourge of fleets, Tanihua, thing in the ice, fleet swallower, slin voder, watcher in the water, and grozoth. Feared am I by all wise creatures of the waves and nearby shores, and revered equally by any who dwell in a world's deepest ravines, and yet I am alone. None may live in these cavernous depths but I, nor would I permit them to, selfish as I am of my domain, for my kingdom is solitary. I contain multitudes, but I dwell in silence. 
When I am gone, you shall be glad of my present loneliness. My children shall not be so reclusive as I. They have waited long for their moment, and they are so, so hungry. Get budgeted! Um, he's not very funny, that guy. That was a different... Are you okay? He, he's not funny. I don't know. That was... <laughs> I'm not comfortable anymore. <laughs> I mean, that, if anything, it does reflect how that card works. Those island walkers, they're coming get you, yeah. boy. Oh, when you look at the art as well. I mean, look, it's a horror. It's it, it's in the, the, the creature type there. It is creepy. But my brain, for some reason, did a mental card alter of it. And it's just a cute little squid. Yeah. Just, just like bobbing around bobbing in the around. water. I mean, I the tokens I have when I play it are not creepy looking. They're like in tropical waters and they're like pink. That so maybe might that's be the, the reason. Association yeah. you have. Yeah. This is, by the way, the um this was part of M15. There were a bunch of cards that were designed by... Um, non-magic people, like people who weren't in Wizards R&D team, they were invited by Wizards to design a card. They were, like, aware of magic, oh, but cool. hadn't played it actively. So, like, there's a card that was designed by the creator of um, Plants vs. Zombies. Created a card. That's cool. Maybe that's this one. Or maybe he made... I think he made um, Waste Not. You know the card oh, Waste yeah, Not? Yeah, yeah. That was designed, I think, by the Plants vs. Zombies card. Um, <laughs> and this card was designed, I think, by Mike Newman. Oh, maybe this one. No, I think this is the one that was designed by the creator of Plants vs. Zombies. Oh, there you go. He made this card. I think so. It's Mike Newman, whoever that is. So you can look him up. N-E-U-M-A-N-N. That's um, bizarre. What a cool little bit of tidbit. Yeah, M15. Spirit Bonds is one. Waste Not. Chasm Skulker. There's a few cards that were made by by people who um, aren't with R&D. It was Chasm cool. Skulker is such a sick card. It's so sick. It's so good. Um, you can catch these uh, bizarre monologues or dialogues as they're released uh, every Thursday in the Greensboro Commander Community Discord server in the Thrifty Thursdays channel. It's linked to the show notes if you want to join in. That's where we um, chat most actively, I would say, with, yeah. our, with our listeners. So, if Except you wanna... in our Facebook DMs. Yeah, besides that. <laughs> uh, if you want to chat with us, that's probably the best place to do it. And there's lots of um, our dearest friends are in there as well. It's a good yes. place to hang out. Um, we should keep going with all this data we were looking at. We're looking at board wipes now. Yeah. Answering on mass. Yes. So we talked about targeted removal and how it's not necessarily reflected in the stats as much as it should be. Um, but board wipes, there were 15 of these noted in the game log yep. as turning point cards. So it was the second most common thing noted after bombs. Weirdly, I feel like when I was being surveyed as part of your post-game review for the mm -hmm. log i felt like i pointed out board wipes myself a lot yeah because i feel like board wipes are always a turning point in a game yeah. because it re especially if it's a symmetrical boom goes the dynamite everything's yeah. gone it's a reset and it gives anyone that was behind a chance to catch up mm. it takes away who was in the lead yeah and it re-levels the playing field granted some might some people might have more mana or have mm. drawn more cards mm. so it's not entirely like let's start the game again but even then that that becomes act two right yes. like, like if we talk about the moving between act one and two like if act one was James is the threat and James needs to die James has the biggest board I cast blasphemous act James is set way back there might be a player who hasn't deployed almost any creatures yet who had one one creature removed by yep. Blasphemous Act, 
they're probably in the lead now. But that that shift is a turning point. That's that's yeah. where, that's moving from Act One to Two. So yeah, these are a really common way in which the game gets broken up, and in in a way in which bombs get answered. Um, interestingly, unlike some of the other areas, there were not any particular trends in which wraths I saw more often. Mm. So sometimes the one that was noted here was one of those high mana cost one-sided board wipes like um, Ruinous Ultimatum or, I mean, this is not necessarily always considered a board wipe, but a card like Living Death is a, obviously a big one because it can be a board wipe and a win con. And if you're running your... If, if your Living Death is in your deck, your deck is built around Living Death. Oh, yeah. Like, you're milling most of it. Yeah. so much yeah. of your, your library if you're playing Living Death, for sure. Um, but then equally, sometimes a, a low-cost, um, hit-everything kind of board wipe like Wrath of God or Tragic Arrogance, mm-hmm. um, these were highlighted as well. So it didn't seem to matter which one type you were deviating towards, they still seem to be affecting the course of the game. Most importantly, though, you, you needed to have them. <laughs> yeah, like, if, if, you, if someone didn't board wipe, it was likely that the game was going to end in the next turn or so. Yeah, yeah. I, I reckon if the board wipe wasn't noted, these were probably the games in which there wasn't a turning point. Remember yes, I talked, spoke yeah. before about how he didn't note them? I reckon those were games where, like, yeah, James had um, 40 plants that he'd made from, you know, uh, what's the... Phylef. I'll file that for all of Avengers the... Avengers Endica. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Avengers Endica or something. And then we just didn't remove them. They got massive. You cast Overwhelming Stampede. The game's over. There's not yeah. a turning point here. And I feel like if we're the ones advocating for games that are more interactive and do have like a three-act, four-act structure to the story of the Commander game, mm-hmm. then board wipes are integral to this because if you don't have them, it is very likely that it's going to become a race to who gets their bomb commander out, their bomb yeah. out, their win con deployed. And... I don't want to say, like, you need to run more board wipes because I think targeted removal is more important. But I was thinking about some of the threats and the bombs that we're getting now Mm. and how that a lot of them have ward or hexproof. Yeah. And so targeted removal doesn't hit them. Mm -hmm. So just going, right, I just need to reset. A board wipe does that because it doesn't target. Yeah. Look, I, I, I'm with you in that um, I think Command Zone have observed this and me and you have agreed with this, that the format over the last four or five years has moved actually away from board wipes and towards targeted removal. Yeah. And that's probably a good thing because too many board wipes... Like, there was also a relationship I want to highlight here really clearly. There was a strong relationship between the number of board wipes cast and the length, length of, of the, the game. game. Yeah, yeah, I knew you were going to say that because, like... One board wipe in a game feels great to me. Yeah. It, feel, it feels like it's a necessary part of this narrative. Yeah. But two is like, that's a bit annoying. Three, and yeah. I'm like, all right, I want to out. Three like, board wipe games tended to be the ones that went for two to three hours. Yeah. Like, it's a big time difference when you reset the game that much. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think... The trend of playing more targeted removal, less wipes is a good one. However, still play some number of rats. In every one of my decks that I play, I play at least two board wipes. Yep. I think I would never want to go lower than that. Yep. Um, because there's so many great options these days. Like, seriously. In every color, too. Yeah. Like, if, if you're like, oh, but I'm in um, like green, we don't have good board wipes. Yeah. Bull. Yeah. I'm sorry. Like, there are... Like Azuri's Predation, yeah. for example. Or Oblivion Ring. Yep. Even Boom Pile is a terf- <laughs> perfectly serviceable board wipe. If, it's pretty funny. If For those that don't know, Boom Pile is a three. Four mana? Four mana. Four generic. Four generic mana for an artifact that taps and you flip a coin. If you flip the coin and it lands on heads, everything goes bang. If it's on tails, 
Nothing happens. Nothing happens. So it's like a four mana maybe board wipe on the turn it yeah. comes down or just keep trying over and over again until it happens. It destroys all non-land permanents though. So the, the ceiling on this card is very high. For oh, four it's mana. not even all creatures. It's all non-land. All so non-land it gets enchantments, artifacts, artifacts, everything. Absolutely everything. All right. and, you know, it's an artifact. So if you're in an artifact recursion kind of deck, you might be able to get it back if you need to later. Um, I think it's dumb. If, <laughs> if, if, if they, look, okay, if, if Walt's being like, there are good options in every color, even colorless, like Boom Pile, <laughs> I would be arguing look at Oblivion Stone yeah. before Boom Pile. I'm not like, going to lie and say that it's better than Oblivion Okay, so. good. I'm glad we're on the same. I thought but you were about to- But it is funnier. <laughs> it is true. Especially when you're like, you know, everyone's round the table watching you flip the coin going, please, 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 yeah. please, 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 please. It, it creates memorable moments, yeah, I think, which is a good sure. thing. But look, yeah, look, even if- if like, let's say you're a goblin deck, right? You're going. You're probably going to go wider than any other cre- uh, deck on the table. You're in red. You're like, I don't want to cast a blasphemous act that's going to destroy my whole board. Play volcanic torrent. I am oh. begging you. This card is so so good. It never hits you. I am so hot on this card. Yeah. I actually literally one of the last games we played. I was in the tank trying to think, and yeah. you figured out what I was trying to do mm. because Volta- volcanic torrent um for those that don't know has cascade firstly it's five yep. mana four and a red yep. it has cascade which is great for five mana cascading like that yeah and especially because the next line of text says it deals x damage where x is the number of spells you've cast this turn to each creature in planeswalker you, you don't, don't control. control so yeah. even if you hit a creature from your cascade it's sticking around, baby. Yeah. Like, and the the absolute minimum here is two damage to every other thing because yeah. you're cascading first. So literally, you cast one spell before this, bolt the whole board. Yeah, that's so get good. Get something like, for I, free as well. I run things like um, Anger of the Gods, for example, yeah, which is just three damage to everything. That's this three is mana. Two extra mana for a free thing. A free thing. Never hits your board. Never hits your board. And you can like scale it. So like that was yeah. the thing you figured out what I was trying to do. Cause I said, what's the toughest creature on your board? Mm. I think it was, I think it might've been Theo's board. My partner. I was like, what's, cause they had a bunch of plus one counter stuff. No, I was think it your board. I think it was th- that game where it was just me and you at the end. Oh, what I was, I was on Estrid. I think. Oh, that's right. It was, was it was a one V one against me and you. And I yeah. was like, what's the toughest thing you have? Yeah. And I had like a, a big suited up thing or something. But... And I was like, okay, I'm not killing that, but what else can I kill? And yeah. I was counting how many little, like if I go preordain ponder yeah. volcanic torrent, is that's that enough to do an- four. like that's enough? That's four right there. Yeah. And yeah, it was one of those things. I think I resolved it and you went, yeah, GG. I think you just have it there. I think I, I drew my next card and then said that's game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got me. <laughs> nice. I'm it's so hot on this. Card. It's so if you're in so red, good. run it. There's try just, it. Yeah. At the very least, try it. It's so, so, so much better than it looks like it is. Um, so yeah, board wipes, you have to play them. They answered bombs. They were highlighted as turning points. However, four times board wipes were highlighted as failing. So, what do you mean by failing? So there's like I'm actually happy in this case to go through each of these cases because I think these are really interesting case studies in how not to play a board wipe or maybe how not to include a board wipe in your deck. Go I'll on. explain as I'll, we go I'll into it. I'll sit back. You tell me the stories okay. of these games. So four of these times, so these, these were all highlighted as times. The board wipe itself was highlighted in the as a turning point, whether by me or whether by the pod. But it was specifically highlighted as oh, it, it was really relevant when that didn't work. So examples. I was in a game. I board wiped um, fairly early because the board was really gunked up with creatures. There was a dragon's deck being played at the pod. The dragon's deck had done nothing but ramp 
for about four turns, did not have a single creature on the board. Oh, so you board wiped like a turn too early. I fully reset myself and two other people's boards and gave the dragon deck an empty board. And they just untapped and were like, cool, deployed these two amazing dragons. It was like, wow, that person is like a mile ahead of us now who are still rebuilding. It's like you demolished the way for them to go. Like you cleared yeah, the path. I cleared the path yeah. straight up. Sure. Um, so yeah, timing, really important there. Um, another game, there were four board wipes cast, but the person who was in the lead, which was me, <laughs> eventually won. And the, so basically, and this is probably a cautionary tale about board wipes in general, it just prolonged the inevitable. When someone reaches a game, maybe this is contentious, when someone reaches an insurmountable lead, and even if it looks like maybe you can win, and you've got that board wipe in your hand, think about how likely it is that person recovers, because sometimes it's not going to matter, and maybe it's better, like, again, contentious, maybe it's better to not cast that board wipe and just let that game end. I'll go one step further. Sure. Maybe it's better to concede and congratulate your opponent and maybe. move on to the next game. But I think I think ask around the table, be like, hey, yeah. does anyone have like a definitive yeah. answer to this? And no one does, just be like, I think I'm pretty happy to give this person the game. This is a get commanded message of having funner with your friends and playing games of commander rather than trying to win every game. Of yeah, yeah. Yeah. Let and you know, give that person their moment in the sunshine rather than prolonging it. And then I, I no, won anyway. Work harder for your yeah. win. <laughs> I won anyway. The the board was not really answerable and that was the the gist of it. Um so another game, third game we looked at here. Um, there were two different wipes that people had or used, but they did not answer the problem player's board. You were the problem player this time. Aren't I always? <laughs> <laughs> you were playing your Phylath deck, actually. We've talked about this deck about six times this episode, it's by the way. It's a bit of a problematic deck, to be fair. <laughs> it's one of those decks that deploys a lot of bombs. You so just, it gets You have to about. respond yeah. to it. Yeah, yeah. It's also it's a bomb commander, I would say. Yeah, Landfall does yeah, a lot four, of stuff. Plus four, yeah, plus four, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, so the two board wipes were Volcanic Torrent, sadly, not always effective, uh, and Hour of Reckoning. So Volcanic Torrent didn't work because your plants were too big, and Hour of Reckoning didn't work because Hour of Reckoning destroys non-token creatures. <laughs> this, oh, is the, no. this is the one with Convoke, you know, the seven mana yeah, creature. Because um, the idea is you can convoke it with a bunch of tokens yeah. because you're in the token strategy. Destroy everyone else's creatures, you keep your tokens. Yeah. But yeah, when you're playing against tokens... Not so good. So it's too narrow is what yeah. you're saying, yeah. So I, I guess the cautionary tale here is it, equally there is definitely room. Like, you know, we love Volcanic Torrent, we love our Reckoning. There is room for just unconditional wipes yeah. like Wrath of so God. So this goes against our, like, advice we've made in deck building episodes where we're like, always look for synergy. Yeah. Uh, and if you can get synergy in your board wipe and synergy in your card draw, then that's, it's better card draw, it's mm. a better removal, it's better board wipe. Um, sometimes you'll go too narrow. Yeah. Wrath of God is unconditional. It's it's a balance, I yeah. think. Like you can have, you can prioritize the synergistic removal, like at, play Hour of Reckoning in your token deck, 100%. Maybe make your other board wipe in that deck, Wrath of God. Yeah. And right. then you're kind of yeah? set, okay. you know, like you, you, you have options there. Um, and then the, the the fourth game here, the Wraths didn't matter because you just drew that many cards. It was you again. <laughs> you just, you were playing, I think it was, um, you were playing, I remember this game, you were playing um, Tornos. Yeah, you were I playing Tornos. We Wrathed Artifacts specifically, I did twice. Yeah, I remember I this game. Tragic this Arrogance. was at your house, yeah, right? Yeah, 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 I remember this game. I cast Tragic Arrogance and I also cycled Dismantling Wave, the eight mana one, destroy all artifacts and enchantments. I still won that game. You still won. So this is probably similar to that game I spoke up before. If someone has an insurmountable lead, again, maybe just give them the game because it may not matter. I do remember that game very strongly just because I was like, 
I had the engines on for like the entire game. And when I got like complete, like I had nothing but lands like twice or three times in that game. Mm. And I was like, hang on a minute. Yeah. I've got another engine in my hand and enough mana to deploy it. So look, like if the, the message from the space commanders is be able to respond to bombs, which we still agree with, mm-hmm. I think these are probably the, maybe the three caveats to that statement is, um, you know, maybe don't respond if the, the players just got the game anyway. Yep. Don't worry about it. Don't respond too early. With your board wipe, especially. Yeah, that one. The, that one's a really interesting it's one tricky. because it's hard to. Again, it's the thing of you don't know what someone's got in their no. hand and you don't know what's coming. But you should be able to identify when someone has specifically sandbagged, and that's sandbagging is that term of like you're not playing cards because you're waiting for the opportune moment. Mm. So if people have left mana untapped and untapped with like six mana that they didn't use in a turn cycle, yeah, assume. You might not be correct, but assume that they've got something to deploy. Mm. And maybe it's worth holding on and waiting and seeing before you pull the trigger on a board wipe. Yeah, I think you can definitely board wipe too early. You can also board wipe too late. But yeah, have some awareness of just like imagine what someone's next turn might look like. Mm. Um, And the third message there was um, just be careful about how narrow your answers are, basically. That's some good lessons from that, actually. Yeah. yeah, I'm kind of considering a couple of board wipes and playing board wipes and mm. how I deploy them. That's an interesting bit of data there. Definitely. Um, the last one I want to talk about here, this, I think, is a bit of a sleeper. Given how often this appeared, I think people are underrating these cards, but I'll, I'll, I'll go into it. This was the category I called protection. Oh, which is one of our favorite topics because we talk about it in our deck building template yeah, this and is not the, many other creators do. The main way we differ from other creators is some people talk about interaction and they include removal and protection in here. We have removal as a section and then protection as a section. Yeah. Um, so when we talk about it in our deck building template, we talk about protection as like, you know, a card like a counter spell is here, a card that gives your commander indestructible or hexproof, these would be here. Um, but this category, as it appears, is actually the rest of that deck building category, which is the thing we talk about about protecting your life total. Yeah, like ghostly prison, yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah, more so that stuff. So, well, it's a broad category. So, I'll, I'll break down how it sort of shook, shook out. Sure. So, the 12 times this was noted, um, obviously, some of the games I played were CDH. Sometimes these were just stacks pieces. Like, you know, if I had an Aven Mind Sensor on the battlefield that was noted as like that probably stopped a couple of wins because people couldn't shoot it for the wins or they couldn't yep. crack their fetch lands like that was valid yep um sometimes it was still like board protection like someone casting teferi's protection or like someone casting blacksmith skill or something that was occasionally highlighted but most often it was ways people protected their life total and there were two broad camps that the cards that appeared often in this category were in one of them was goad I feel like I see that a lot more than I used to nowadays. It's incre- The cards that are playable with Goad have gone up a lot. Yeah. So, um, Disrupt Decorum was like is an obvious one that was included here. This is the four mana sorcery. Goad every creature you don't control. Um, so, Goad, for those who, who, who may, may not know, the creatures have to attack and they can't attack you if they can't. If, if they, they have no other option. Yeah. They have to attack another player if they can. Yeah. 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 And they have to attack no matter what. And Disruptor Quorum just got a reprint in Commander Masters, I think, as well. Yes. It, it also got the, it, it got the Doctor Who the Doctor Who set. It was the box topper for, I think. 
Oh, no, it was Passing no, Flames. Yeah, no, it was no, Commander Masters. No, it was Commander Masters. Masters. Yeah, you're totally yeah, right. Sure. You're totally right. Um, Geode Rager was another one that appeared here. This is the card <laughs> that people said was like so bad when it came out. I think it's better than people give it credit for. I know exactly what Geo Rager you're referring to as yeah. well. It's one of our good friend Abe's. Yeah. It was the la- it's whenever a land ETB is, you goad. Every creature target player, player controls. So if you get three land ETBs, you goad everyone's boards. Yeah, this That's- becomes Disruptor Corum on a stick. Yeah. And it's like four mana, five mana? It's a six mana creature. Six which mana, okay. It's admittedly where people were like, I think this should have cost less. But I think people underestimate how easy it is to hit a land drop. <laughs> it also, I will say, that in that game that I'm thinking of specifically, went unanswered yeah. for a long time because people were like, eh. Yeah, eh. straight up. So yeah, Goad was highlighted a lot as something that just, that changed the course of the game. And then the other um, area here is more so what you highlighted, which is sort of what I would call like prison effects. Yep. So ghostly prison is here. Um, Authority of the consoles was one that was highlighted Things here. entering tapped. Creatures enter tapped yeah. and you gain a life on the ETB. Um, and solitary confinement. Oh my God, you and that friggin' card. <laughs> I know you've got like one copy of it and it's the etched foil one from yes. Mar- double, uh, Mar- Modern Horizons, Modern Horizons 2. 2. Yeah, yeah. Oh, every time it lands, I'm like, I need to answer this, but I never do or never can. Yeah. And it's always like the reason you win. <laughs> it's so good. So this is the, uh, it's been featured on Thrifty Thursdays before, actually. It's an enchantment for two and a white. Um, you skip your draw step. Seems good. Um, <laughs> Woo! <laughs> uh, then the better bits of text. You have Shroud. Prevent all damage that would be dealt to you. All damage. All it's damage. It's not even like non-combat. It's no. not even like combat. Prevent all damage that would be dealt oh. to you. And then the last bit of downside. At the beginning of your upkeep, sacrifice it unless you discard a card. So the place you play this, this card is in an Enchantress deck where you have a bunch of Enchantress effects that say when you cast an enchantment, draw a card. Because then basically you're, you're not worried about that not drawing a card in your draw step. You're not worried about going down on cards by discarding a card in your upkeep because yeah. you're going to be going up on cards by how many enchantments or you Or just decks that draw multiple cards guaranteed every turn. Yeah, if you yeah. have a commander that says draw a card on it, yeah. you know, like uh, even like a like a Hullen deck or something yeah. would be a cool possible Or even, even like I'm thinking about potentially running this in my Liesa Shroud of Dusk deck because yeah. all the card draw effects in that deck are like, Phyrexian Arena type things of like oh, just draw Phyrexian one extra Arena. card a, a turn. So if you can just... A Phyrexian Arena works. Is upkeep. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, okay. I was just thinking if you have one of those cards that said you draw an extra card in your draw that step. doesn't Won't work. work. You're yeah. skipping your draw step. But no, Phyrexian Arena would work. Yeah. So yeah. like uh, uh, most of the card draw effects in Liesa are draw one card at this point in your turn. Yeah. So... I would happily put that in that deck. And it's yeah. again, it's a prison deck as well. So yeah, yeah definitely. Look, I, the, I really wanted to highlight these cards, especially because they run away with a game, not to the same extent, like they weren't flagged as often as bombs. I don't want to say that these cards are the same as a bomb, but they're not as noticeable as a bomb and they fly under the radar. And I think when people are using their removal, they're using their removal on those bombs. They're looking at Portal to Phyrexia. They're looking at... Um, Bolas' Citadel and they're going that has to be answered they're not necessarily looking at Ghostly Prison and Solitary Confinement but based on the data that I was flagging here these were still cards that at the end of the game with hindsight I think were turning points in the turning game points. people were, were going like actually like looking back at the game yes Portal Tephyrexia was really bad but we dealt with that we never dealt with Solitary Confinement and then like you know Walt, and Walt, Walt had the game. 80 life by the end of the game yeah. it's ridiculous yeah. so like they, 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 no, they don't look 
look as threatening as a bomb because they're not a bomb. Like, I think pretty categorically, most of these cards would not be considered bombs by most people. Um, but they're still running away with games and they're going unanswered. I'd agree. I, I'm, yeah, I mean, like, my physical reaction to you saying solitary confinement. Yeah. I'm now very aware that these cards do that. But even, like, I reckon, yeah, even like the other night when we were playing, I, my eyes are more drawn to those cards. It's like the scene in, um, uh, Doctor Who, the one where they wear the, <laughs> the TARDIS keys. key, and yeah, you're it like, doesn't make them invisible. It just yeah. makes people not want to, to look, look at, at them. them. Yeah, yeah, that's what these cards are. Yeah, they're wearing the you, TARDIS your eyes key just slide necklace. over yeah. them. It's true. There it's true. Um, but and like by the way, if we can give like a counter um, bit of advice here, you should remove these cards. <laughs> yeah, if you see your opponents deploy them. You- that's like the main lesson from this bit, right? Yeah. Is like if you see these cards. You get rid of them. Yeah. Like, like, play more of them is, like, I think, for me, the main lesson is, like, y- you can play more of these because people aren't going to remove them. But equally, as our devoted listeners will let you in on the secret, get rid of the cards. <laughs> They're so bad. You heard it here first. If you see Walt play Solitary Confinement, no! blast that Not thing me. to hell. Not me. Please leave my ghostly prison alone. Hey, you've you've shared so many of my gameplay secrets <laughs> on this podcast. Fine, I guess. So many people <laughs> that I play with now are like, oh, Walt told me to do this when playing against you and it worked i'm like i'm so glad you listened to our content thank you but but james i am me you are you yeah who are you i i am me and the feelings that affect me affect me and me only and i am in me and me is my brain and my brain is precious to me but i am not you so kill solitary (laughs) confinement (laughs) he found the line Um, Look, there are a plethora of extremely powerful cards in our format, and these cards can single-handedly take over a commander game, as we saw. However, they can be answered, and it's your duty as a good commander player to ensure that the mountain of awesome cards is not insurmountable. So run more, repro- run more removal and run over your opponents. Space Commanders, Command, command Received! Oh, it feels good to be back. I know yeah. for the listeners, it felt like I never left. But well, yeah, there was a one episode you weren't on. <laughs> That's true. You did just get abducted solo. I did. Are you okay? I'm okay. It's I'm a okay. weird experience, right? I, look, like it was. It, I reckon it was exactly like net zero experience on me because yes, I got abducted and they like probed me and like weird stuff happened to me, but I got to talk about Katilda and Leah. So those things are like roughly bit of a win, roughly proportionate. Did I you reckon. get to keep your stinky boot or did they keep that? <laughs> I've got my sticky boot. Good, I'm glad. Yeah, I nice. like your sticky you boot. Did. I knew you did. I knew you did. So, um, to the- <laughs> I'll do it. Yeah, to the listeners, <laughs> do you feel commanded? What do you think of this turning point type card? And which cards are you seeing in your games that are warping the game and making them progress from Act 1 to Act 2? Yeah, let us know which cards are, are, are affecting your meta the most. And you can get in touch with us a bunch of different ways. Uh, Twitter, Instagram and threads. We're active on all those platforms at Get Commanded. Uh, and you can also join the Greensboro Commander Community Discord server, which is linked in the show notes. That's the best way to chat with us and other members of our playgroup and stay up to date on the various things that are happening. Yeah, and don't forget to subscribe to our OnlyFans. I mean Patreon. <laughs> um, yeah, it's linked in the show 
show notes, uh, but the Patreon has a bunch of ways uh, you can get rewarded for supporting the content that Walt and I make. And we'd like to make a very thank, a uh, very big thank you to our uh, patrons, Stella Tam, Fuzzy, Bottomless Possum, Bottom, oh my God, I'm going to do this whole thing again. Okay. <laughs> um, we'd like to thank our patrons, Stella Tam, Fuzzy, and Bottomless Bottomless. There you go. You got two shout outs this episode, nice. guys. Uh, but we'd like to make a very special shout out to Fletcher Cutting for supporting us in the Space Commander tier. You are the best. It's true. And a big thank you to Palms Off Gaming, who sponsor this podcast. They make some really, really fantastic deck boxes, sleeves, binders, and other gaming accessories. You can check them out at palmsoffgaming.com.au forward slash hashtag get commanded. You get a whopping 10% discount on your purchase. From Their Palms new Off. blackout sleeves. Are so- I'm going to replace every deck I have with blackout sleeves. Whoa. I've decided. That I like Big a- words. Well, my, like, my CEDH deck, arguably the deck I probably play and shuffle the most. With the most expensive cards in it, With too. the most expensive cards in it. it. I've had those sleeves since they were testing them. Mm-hmm. And like I would argue that they've probably got better since we got them. Probably. I've got them as a gift from Palms yeah. Off. And I want all my decks in yeah. those sleeves now. Straight up. So if you want to go pick up your own set of blackout sleeves, palmsoffgaming.com.au forward slash hashtag get commanded. Get that 10% discount. It'll be sweet. All right. End of the episode. Mm-hmm. We are planeswalking outside yeah. the world of Commander. I think, um, given how long you've been absent, I'd like to to planeswalk wherever you'd like to go this week, James. Well, should I take you back for what I've been doing for the past month? I'd love to go. Well, I first landed in uh, a place called Birmingham, uh, uh-huh. where when when we landed, I la- I flew into England and landing in Birmingham, and then I stayed. And this was was it like was it four weeks you were gone altogether? Yeah, just under four weeks. Okay, so like three, three and weeks. And a half. Yeah, three and a half weeks, something like that. So it was a a good long trip and I spent a long time. But the trip, I'll run you through the trip so everyone knows. Let's hear it. So we landed in Birmingham. I stayed at my mum's mum and dad, my grand and pa's house Mm -hmm. for like a week. So, you know, recover from jet lag, see the family. And granted, my mum's family is colossal. Mm -hmm. Um, It's mainly colossal because both of my mum's sister, her two kids have now had two kids each. Right. So we had a family dinner on Sunday, like the typical English roast family dinner, long mm-hmm. table. There's a photo that my sister took from the end of the table. And it's like one of those optical illusion things where you can see the center point just getting further and further. And just, like people's, <laughs> mirror kind of people's faces are tiny at the back of the table. It's hard to identify who sat at the back. It was like the English equivalent of Ray looking in the mirror and seeing yes. all the infinite rays. Like, yeah, and oh we my all- God, the British, they go forever. We all look similar too. We're all family. Um, um, but yeah, my my cousins are amazing and it's so great to see their kids. Like um, one of my little, because uh, your cousin's kids are your second cousins, right? I think that's oh, what I never called. know. Sometimes they say like first cousins once removed. I don't, anyway, I don't know. My cousin's kids. Yeah, sure. Um, I, I've, I've been really close with them because I go back to England as much as I can. But obviously yeah. with COVID, I've not been back in a long time. Mm. They've grown so much. Yeah. And like seeing my family is such a big thing. But the other huge thing for me was taking Theo because this is the first time I've taken anyone from my Australian life to England. Wow. Full stop. Yeah. People no like, friends. No, no, partners, never, never, so never, never. was the first one. Yeah. hundred. Wow. It was a big deal. Huge. And like, it's so lovely that I get to be so proud of my family because there was a lot of anxiousness that we both felt is anxiousness a word? Anxiety. Yeah. There was a lot of anxiety around the, because my partner is non-binary. Yeah. Um, 
and there was a lot of anxiety about how my grandparents like generational thing would understand would understand it yeah yeah and i was so proud and like choking up thinking about it of how accepting and loving my family were to theo that's great when i was leaving gran and pa's to continue the trip i heard like as i was walking out the door gran give theo a hug and said welcome to the family and i nearly Aww. died i was like this is just that's beautiful I, and this is what i wanted out of the trip was visiting family and you know all that kind of stuff yeah so we were in a little village called um Wissendine near oakham mm-hmm. if anyone knows that area i know no. uh, <laughs> i know one of our listeners knows like that, oh, yeah. that relevant area we've got a couple um, of british based listeners hello hello thanks for joining us yeah. um and then we went from there up to the northwest which is where i was born mm-hmm. uh to a city called chester uh it's a very historic city goes back to roman era times Ooh. like the city was a roman city it has it still wow. has the roman walls uh, they recently so cool. uncovered an amphitheater underneath chester and they've like oh, excavated half of it sick and now school groups go and like do roman activities from uh, like you know 74 ad oh it's, my my inner actor is like holy uh, cow let me do a shakespeare in the roman amphitheater please you would love it well <laughs> or a greek tragedy antigone that would be sick i'll get to shakespeare in a minute oh okay um, okay but then for, we were staying with some friends yep. and i also saw my dad's mum, um grandma while i was up there and my grandma's just been recently not well so seeing okay. her was fantastic Great. and my if anything grandma was the most supported with theo's gender transition cool um they said oh yeah chop your boobs off i like they're annoying i'm like <laughs> fuck yeah grandma what a win i'd do it if it was acceptable yeah. <laughs> if i wasn't like 86 years old hell yeah get these things off of me so then we went from chester we went very far north crossed the border into scotland, scotland. Uh, and we stayed in edinburgh for a week mm. uh, and this was just theo and i exploring edinburgh we were we went to edinburgh castle we did a ghost tour Ooh. we had a bunch we went clubbing out in edinburgh which is Sweet. great they've got a very active lgbt emo scene which was great we went to an emo night i've heard edinburgh's sort of got a little bit of a melbourne vibe it does like i mean they edinburgh fringe is like considered one of the yeah. premier like arts and it performing had, arts it, festivals it, in it the world just finished when like ah, we were okay. so it was like the the vibes were still kind of there which was great yeah um edinburgh was awesome then we continued theo and i's like little getaway from family and we had three nights in sherwood forest as in Ooh. Robin Hood Sherwood Forest. Fun. And it was like a little log cabin in the woods. There was like a few other log cabins around us. Yeah, yeah. It had a hot tub on the deck. Ooh. So we were like having hot tubs every night. We had a fire. We just watched TV and relaxed. Oh, lovely. Drank a lot of champagne, ate a lot of strawberries. It was that kind of getaway. I love it. And then from there, we went down to London, which my sister is now living. Oh, cool. um, so it was great to see my sister's like like she's living in a terrace house which is like what she's always wanted and yeah. she's she's working at a, a child's hospice which oh. I won't go into the details it's incredible work what she's yeah. doing she's really amazing yeah. and like she took us around like I've been to London a million times but mm. the fact that because when I went to when I've been to London in the past it's been my like my dad taking us around with his sister who we stayed with yeah um but it's like you know kind of like weird like it's a family thing and you don't really know where you're going this time me and georgie my sister were adults and she was like right get the tube to piccadilly circus i'll pick you up there and i'm not telling you what bar we're going to we're going out 
it was awesome. Great. It was great. And we did a bunch of touristy stuff. Like we did the Tower of London. Um, I did Winston Churchill's War Rooms, Whoa. which was so interesting. Yeah, like I bet. Winston Churchill as a person, like questionable stuff in, in his opinions. Yep. Lots, you know, conservative party leader, all that kind of stuff. Not great, but like for the war exactly who the war needed they yeah. needed a bastard to win and that mm. and like i found walk because you literally walk through the war rooms like you walk wow. past the cabinet room where they decided like to invade to like to mm. defend like all those decisions fascinating stuff um Anyway, and then we did like a bunch of stuff. We went down to Brighton. Uh, we went oh, cool. to if you've have you read or watched Heartstopper that series? It's no, a, I've been meaning to forever. I've heard it's really good. Okay, my partner's obsessed with it. I haven't watched it, but I apparently really it's very to. good. Yeah, we kissed on the beach where the Heartstopper couple Aww. kissed. So we even bought a Love few that. rocks back for people that are fans of because it's a pebble beach. Um, so we bought a couple of rocks back for people that love destroying the, show. the natural environment. <laughs> Plenty of pebbles on that beach, I can assure you. I'll take your word for it. But yeah, it was a great holiday. Like, and then, yeah, I got to catch up with my granny, my dad's stepmom, and like, it, it just amazing seeing all my yeah. family in as a. Because, like, I genuinely hadn't been back in five years, which I know wow. doesn't sound like a lot of time. No, it does sound like a lot of time. Yeah, but, like, I was going back every year. Since I moved to Australia when mm. I was, like, five years old, I've been going back to England for, like, a month every year yeah. until COVID. So mm. it was really nice to see my family and hang out with my friends who... Shout out um, Squirrel Lord on Discord. Yeah, uh, one of my sorry mates he hopped who, into the server. That was the only magic that I got to play uh, was a couple of games of Modern um, with, with, Squirrel, with Lord. Squirrel Lord. It was nice. good fun. But um, yeah, shout out uh, if you're still listening and want to play Commander. Definitely started up at your LGS, like I said. Yeah. But yeah, it was, it. it was an awesome trip. I am very glad. I missed you a lot. Yeah. Though. I missed you a lot. <laughs> uh, it's been it's been weird without you, but um, I'm glad we managed to get some content lined up and yeah. it'll be great to have you back and more exciting stuff. Check out that stream yes. on Wednesday. It'll Wednesday. Be, it'll be a good time, guaranteed. I'm so keen. We're back. And 2024, I know this is like we're in December now. We're in the end game of 2023. Yeah. 2024 for Get Commanded. Just it's going to be huge. You watch. Yeah, just you wait. massive. All right, well, that's all we have time for. So we'll see you next Friday for another transmission from the Space Commanders. Goodbye, Commander players.